This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Forward Bite Podcast. This is part two with Freddie and Jeff Smith. Freddie Smith is going to join us on the Andy's Towing Hotline, and I can't tell you how excited I am to have this guy on here today. I'm telling you, he's one of the heroes of the sport, uh, you know, a, gi- a giant of the sport, really, no doubt, and uh and of course, we had his son Jeff on the show last week, and then we're going to have Freddie on the day, and and Jeff's in the studio again here with us to uh, to to help us out with this, and uh, hopefully we can get the answers we need today. So, Freddie Smith, welcome to the Forward Bike Podcast. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing just fine. I appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely, we got Jeff here in the studio. Jeff, tell him hey. Hey, Dad. How are you? Hey. <laughs> Well, well, Freddie, you know, uh, you, you, uh, you got your start racing back in the sixties. I, I don't really know how you got your start there, but of course, you know, your father, Grassy Smith, they got his memorial race coming up July 8th there at Cherokee Speedway. And, um, and, uh, you know, I know he got you started. Tell me a little bit about how that, how that, how your career got going there back in the day. Well, I mean, uh, dad always raced, uh, with another guy building cars. Uh, he's always had a driver. And uh, so I just uh, told him I'd like to try to maybe uh, to build a car. And, and uh, he said he didn't care about anything right now. And I, I said, I'm going to build it. And he said, well, if you build it, I'll build your motor. So, so yeah, from, so you're, you're a little cutting up then and out there. But, yeah, I think we got you, got the point there. But. <laughs> So y'all, uh, so y'all got going there, and it's been it's been green flag ever since there, pretty much, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure has. You know, you uh, you raced up until about 2012 or so, I think, and uh, and of course you've been still involved in the sport ever since, uh, helping some drivers, doing a little bit of uh, doing a little bit of crew chiefing and all that kind of stuff. So it's good to see you still be involved in the sport, and you know it's it's been a long career for you, and and glad to see uh, glad to see you're still around and doing it. So, so, but your dad though, he worked at home in a Moody and all that. Right. And he was, uh, of course he was a world war two Navy veteran and, and, you know, they passed away in 99 there and they had his memorial race at Thunder Valley. You won about the first four of those races. And, uh, I you, think it's the first five. You won the first five. That's right. I got a t-shirt. I believe it's got, got them on it. And that's a cool t-shirt to have for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so you had that you had that '56 Chevrolet there. You began in it was uh, had number seventy on it, and then uh, you changed the number to double zero. If I'm if I'm got my story straight, they, <coughs> there was two seventies there that night, and you got the roll of duct tape out, and it was double zero from there. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, we went to Concord, and uh, another guy had a the seventy over. I mean, a, a, a seventy yeah. And they told me that, that uh, I'd like to, for you to change your number. And I said, well, okay, I'll just make a double zero out of it. And the rest is history. Of course, you made a career out of that number and made it famous for sure. Yes. So so after that, you, uh, you, you know, you raced all through the 70s and all that there. And, and pretty much, you know, I've raced every kind of late model that there's ever been. I mean, you you could tell us a little bit about all of them. So, uh so I guess we'll start out. I've seen a lot of pictures of that late '70s Camaro you had there, like you ran on the NDRA circuit and all that. What's uh, right? Tell tell me a little bit about that car. Well, you know, <clears throat> there wasn't much to tell about it. So <laughs> it was just a, a standard race car, and 
and we just made the to do what we could do and and I always hit that thing pretty close to to win a race so that's what we did yeah no doubt and you've won a you've won a many of them since then you know you uh those ndra days what'd you think about that you uh you did win nine races in that and there in that ndra era in the early 70s what'd you think about robert smalley i mean early 80s robert smalley and that whole deal back at the time well actually robert uh actually started this whole deal about the money wise because he he was the first one i know of to pay ten thousand dollars and uh he just robert was a good guy they uh a lot of people didn't like him but uh i think the racers really liked him because the way he tried to keep the thing going and he he made races uh that we could go to and and uh enjoy it what were some of your home tracks back in those days? You know, you had Cherokee Speedway in your backyard. Of course, I know you raced there a whole lot, and then uh, Metrolina and some of that. What, what was it? Uh, tell me a little bit about racing with Stick Elliott. What was Stick Elliott like? Well, Stick was uh, a guy that you just want to mess with too much. <laughs> That's, uh, he was a very good driver, and he, he drove for a good guy. And uh, I was just, I enjoyed running with him. I never had had any problem with him but i'll tell you what the guys that, that come up from the georgia and something like that up around gaffney hey he was he was tough with them <laughs> yeah no doubt and of course buck simmons you got to race with him a whole lot too right buck was a good driver he really was yeah well since we're on the topic of drivers here i've, I've always wanted i've always wondered if uh you and Mike Duvall, did y'all did y'all have a rivalry? Did y'all not like each other, or did y'all, or was it just that hard of competition back in the day? Because I know later in life, you you know, you guys would pose for a picture and stuff, but I don't think it was that way back in the eighties, was it? Well, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we we had our ups and downs, but you know, we we were still friends because uh, had when I hurt my back and, and my dad and them wanted to go racing, I already had the race car ready. And they want to go to West Virginia, and I said, "Well, just call Duval and see if he can't go up there and drive it." And uh, they took it up in the house and went up there and won the race, sat on the pole, and come back home. See, see, all was pretty tight from then on, huh? Uh, we wasn't really uh, a bad at one another. I mean, we had our ups and downs, like I say, you know. Yeah, yeah, just uh, hard, just hard competition back in the day. Because we had to race with one of those all the time. Exactly. Y'all was taking food off each other's table when y'all out yeah, each other. That's right. You do, so you was doing this stuff for a living, and it was it was serious business back in those days. Um, Freddie, I wanted to ask you about going to Pennsboro. You uh, you won the Dirt Track World Championship five times. I know they weren't all at Pennsboro, but you uh, took a lot of money out of that place in the, in the 80s and even had it on the spooler there at, at one time. Uh, what would you think about going to Pennsboro? Well, it, uh, it, it was a really odd deal. We uh, had two races at West Virginia up at, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the place, Whistle. but Whistle, and uh, we won both of those. had a double hitter there, and the guy came up, and he said, I know what another race is up at the road. I said, well, we'll go, and we went up there, and i tell you what, we went over the hill, and I could not believe I drove up at that far with that round of racetrack. <laughs> yeah, the creek runs through it, and you have to go across two bridges, and uh, we just, I don't know, it's that 
uh, third or fourth fastest, I think. And I'll tell you what, we won the race, and, <laughs> and it just tickled them guys' depth. And Carl Snort, he he lived in Lancaster, and he's the one that was running the show. So uh, we got in for nothing, and, I mean, you know, uh, they was just like that every time we went, you know. Uh, it was just uh, fun to go up there and run, run that kind of a racetrack. It was different than any place, uh, it really anywhere, wasn't it? It was real flat. And how was it to, to drive that place? It was always dusty and a day race. I never had lights. I just, uh, what, what was your perspective from your point of view going around that place? Well, I got to uh, to hot lap with some guys, and, and I noticed that in hot laps, you know, if I got back in the gas right on the bridge, I'd bust the wheels loose, and so I wouldn't. Uh, I let off the throttle and went over, go over the bridge and never hit the gas until I got through it. And uh, them guys wondered, how in the world can you get across them bridges like that? And I said, well, I don't know, but uh, that was the problem. Just uh, just never get in the gas on the bridge because just find the wheels. Yeah, he was holding out on me. I never got that info. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of stuff I wanted to hear. I, I never knew. I, I thought the dirt was a little deeper on that bridge or something. But so you were you were right on the bridge spinning spinning wheels. I made the most passes right there on the bridge. I hear you. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. So that, that's that's good. That's good stuff. But yeah, you uh, so you went up there and like I said, you won a bunch of races at that track. Then of course you had it on your spoiler on your car there for quite a while. And uh, yeah. So so how did you just put that on there just because because they paid you a lot of money at that time for winning or did they uh, they want you no, to? No, uh, Carl Short asked me to put it on there and I did. And uh, of course you know he 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 was a friend from there on uh, and I didn't know he lived that close to us, but uh, he did. No, I really didn't either until you just now told us. I thought yeah, he was he's... just from up in West Virginia or something. No, he, he's from Lancaster. I got gotcha. you. Well, it's a wonder why they didn't have the DTWC at Lancaster then. That could have that could have been a possibility, <laughs> couldn't it? Well, they probably wouldn't uh, hold enough people there. Probably not. Yes. At that time. Yeah, and speaking of the people at Pennsburg, man, they came in there and they sat on the hillside, didn't they? I, I had Brownie Brown on here one time. You know Brownie, and he was talking about if you want to go there, you better take you a little shovel with you and dig you out a place to sit on that hillside. So they'd do uh, it. He told you right. <laughs> and if it rained, you'd see them people, they done got soused up in their adult beverages. They'd be <laughs> on top of their coolers sliding down the mountain, riding them like a sled. Yep. Yeah. Uh, get a piece of cardboard and come down that thing. That's right. Well, what about uh, what about Eldora back in those early days? You got to go there quite a bit, but you never you never really picked up a big win there until the '94 Dream. But you you were in the you were in contention a lot of times up there during the day in the in the well, '80s too. I've ran second and third and fourth. I mean, there several times, yeah. but just never could get it to to win the race. So, so you won two dreams there. Was there would there be any chance that you would? And I'm sure the the World 100 didn't pay as good at those times. I know it didn't, but would there? Would you trade one of those just for to, to have your name on the World 100 list? Yeah, I sure would. Yeah, I, uh, I know that's probably one that you that you hate that you missed out on because you were always in contention, like I said for sure. Yeah, we was there, but uh, just never could uh, pull it all through. Coming up or coming up this year, you know, it's the 50th annual 
uh, World 100 at Eldora. Is there any chance you're going to go up there and, and, and be a part of that? I think it's going to be a pretty big celebration of, uh, of all the history of the sport, and it'd be cool if uh, you, you were there. Well, I hadn't been asked to come, and uh, I don't know. I mean, just uh, where uh, I would want to go or not. I hear you. Yeah, they uh, they ought to ask you. They ought to have you there. They ought to invite you for sure. You're uh, you're part of the history of this sport, and and that's a big one coming up, no doubt. Well, I often thought of the history of it, but you know, it just seemed like that. Uh, you know, they don't invite people around like you know, like me that's uh, been there and, and done it. And paid your dues. Well, Freddie, we're going to uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you on here. Uh, this is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Capping off an incredible week of action, the Dirt Car Sportsman Modified and Pro Stocks wrap up their 2020 Oktoberfast event at Wheat Sports Speedway. Tune in on MAV-TV July 8th. Check your local listings for channel and time. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance, but it could also give you a chance to learn about someone in the motorsports or automotive industry. Join Ralph Sheen for the Geico 15-Minute Moto Show, available now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. Freddie, we had to get the sponsors out of the way, but we're back with you here on the show today. Freddie, we were talking about, uh, I guess we are talking about Eldora, but there was, there was one mysterious race, or not mysterious, but mystique, I guess you could say, Concord Speedway. They had the 300 lapper a time or two. Do you remember that, and how to, how, yeah. how'd that go? Uh, well, I don't remember everything on it, but uh, I do remember the 300 lapper, and, and uh, I know, I, told, I, think, I think Jeff was in there. No, I was uh, one of the over-the-wall guys. I was changing tires. Okay. <laughs> 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 i don't know i mean i can't remember all of it on that thing i think it was but, about, uh, i've got the history book here on it but i'm not on the right page but i think it was in about yeah here it is right here it was in 1983 and larry moore won the thing but you finished uh you and mike duval were second to last and last so i don't know what happened there that day but must have <laughs> fell out early but I guess I guess my point is, is what what was it uh, what was the thought of getting or having a you know a 300 lap race on dirt at that time that was just unheard of wasn't it Yeah uh, pretty much so I mean uh we we ran a 200 lapper at uh, Harris North Carolina but but it was on asphalt Yeah well asphalt but, uh, races ran longer didn't they but or still yeah. do so But uh running that many laps on dirt it's just it, it makes a really uh, uh strain on you Oh, I bet. Yeah. So in the, in the early two or the early nineties there, you, uh, you moved down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana there to drive for the Gulf valve service team. And you had, you brought LA gear and bazooka as sponsors. What was, uh, what were some of those times like? And, you know, of course you, uh, had a lot of success in those days for sure. Well, we had the LA gear sponsor in, uh, the 89 and, uh, these boys that uh, I drove for, it was, uh, actually, I went to school with one of them, and I wish I hadn't, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, uh, it all happened like that, and they hauled for L.A. Gear, and, and the L.A. Gear said that they would happen with the race, and since you know, they hauled for them and all that, it, it was going to be a pretty good deal, but uh, it just all fell together on that one year there at the end. So you got you got some free shoes out of the deal, I guess. <laughs> we barely got a little sun out. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, what about the bazooka bass tubes? Did you go down the road listening to the, listening to some loud radio speakers after you had that sponsor? Yeah, they put them in my van and stuff. And uh, I tell you what, I really, uh, I, I never did do them like these kids doing now, but uh, it had a good sound to it. Yeah, I bet it did. What kind of music do you listen to? You're a country, you're, you're country. a country music guy, ain't you? I am a country guy. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's some of your favorite artists you listen to on them speakers? Oh, gosh, it don't make no difference as long as it's country. That's right. You know, uh, I, I like it all. I figure you're probably a big Merle Haggard and Gene Watson, Waylon Jennings type of, type of fan. Well, I do like them, but uh, I like a lot of other ones there. Kenny, he'd probably be the one of the best I'd like. Kenny Rogers? Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of him, what about the six-pack movie? Did you have any involvement in that back in those days, uh, whenever they had the Dirt Lake models and all that in the movie? No, sir. I sure didn't. He did in uh, Last American Hero. Yeah, The Last American Hero we did. That navy blue Mustang in there, that was Dad's Mustang. Really? Yep. Well, tell, yeah. Had tell, the white 70 on it. That's where the number comes yeah. from. That was an old Concord, wasn't it, that movie where that was filmed? Yeah. Right? Yep. Right. I've seen that, and I've never noticed that your car was in it, but that's... See, it I, was painted midnight blue. You wouldn't have recognized it. Yeah. That was the last. That was the last Ford he had. That was the last Mustang they built that Camaro and still had that Mustang there at the shop. So was that the car that was the featured in the movie? Yeah. And that was a Freddie Smith car. Yeah. Yeah. They painted it midnight. And blue. I was driving it. You were driving it. Yep. So you're doing yeah. some stunt driving before before you got <laughs> before you got famous or whatever. Well, nobody knows I was driving it because it showed <laughs> me was a just my uh, shirt. Yeah. So did you get any credit in there on the in the in the uh, credits? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that's news to me. That's uh, that's breaking news right here. Yep. I never knew that. You'll go watch that movie again. I'm gonna go you? watch it again now. <laughs> look for you. Yeah, I've got a big poster of that movie. Actually, like a it's one of the original uh, movie posters that they had in the in the theaters and stuff. Cool. I'll, I might have to let you autograph it now that you've told me that. Well. Well, that's good. Yeah. See if I can get Jeff Bridges fight, run him down too. He's on there. <laughs> yeah. That's... He was a he was a card. He's 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 a different guy. Yeah. That's that's cool. I never knew that. That's that's neat to hear. That's one of my favorite movies, and I'm glad you I'm glad y'all brought that up because uh, right. You know we wouldn't ask you wouldn't have brought up Kenny Rogers that that never would have got brought up. So. Well, when we was doing that thing, uh, Ralph Earnhardt. They they stopped me and wanted me to take this lady a, a ride around the racetrack. She wanted to go ride. The buddy, when I got through with her, she didn't want no ride. He, she wanted out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the, uh, when the movie was first doing, you know, they were running the dirt roads, mm -hmm. you know, through the mountain in the Mustang. That wasn't an actual race car over there, but that was Canterbury Road over on Kings Mountain. Really? That was before they had paved it. Yeah. Yeah. They were all that dirt road they were doing up through the woods and stuff as of their own Kings Mountain. A friend of mine, Trent Thomason, and I believe you know Trent, yeah. Freddie, but he he's going to really enjoy hearing all this. That's, he listens to this show every week, and that's his favorite movie. And uh, what's up, Trent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're one of his favorite drivers too, Freddie and, and Jeff too. Well, yeah. Y'all, he's uh, so he's going to listen to this and he's going to get a <laughs> kick out of hearing that because that's his favorite movie. So uh -huh. we, we quote it all the time and joke about it, but we never knew you were in it. I don't think. So anyway, well, I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what about the? Uh, so going into that 1994 dream, you know that you won. You won the inaugural dream, and that was a hundred thousand to win. And 
I guess what were some of y'all's thoughts about uh, you know going and in, going into Eldora? And I know you raced there many times in the World 100 and all that, but having a chance to race for a hundred thousand. And at that time, did you see it being a uh, a race that was going to be around for a long time, like it still is, or uh, or, or maybe once once in a lifetime opportunity, or you know? We thought it was going to be once in a lifetime. Yeah. At the uh, Earl Bates, he showed us he showed us wrong. Yeah, no he doubt. wanted to go ahead and run that million. No doubt about that. So you, uh, so so the victory lane picture, it's got you standing there and uh, and you won it that night. And me and Jeff talked about it on the show that we had last week. And uh, you're standing there in victory lane, and you've got a you've got a cast on your arm. So how what happened the week before that to, to get you hurt to where you uh, won that race with a cast on? That's that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, it was. It happened actually two weeks before that. Okay. Well, we was down at Chicken. Chickasaw, uh, Mississippi, and uh, Bill Fry was leading the race, and I was running second. We run upon some lap cars, and they all were wrecking. And I, I hit Bill, and it just jerked the steering wheel right, and it broke my wrist and everything. And uh, Naomi, she's the only one that she had a, a wrap, and they, they went and got that wrap, and they wrapped my arm up, and I, I drove the rest of that race. Well, one hand, one hand in the, my lap, and one, and uh, Johnny Stokes, he got, got out of Remy right there at the end, and he, we seen him at the Waffle House, and he said, what's wrong with your wrist? I said, it's broke. <laughs> he said, I thought I'd done something when I passed you. <laughs> he said, I didn't know you were doing, driving one-handed. <laughs> you was eating one-handed at the Waffle House, too, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even had it che- uh, done, checked up or nothing. We went to the doctor and hospital down there at Baton Rouge and got back. And uh, we won, we ran third in that race. And then we went to uh, the race they have out there. Let's see, gosh, my mind ain't right. <laughs> but uh, we ran second. And behind Billy Morgan, and then we went to Eldora the week after that, and we just kind of lucked up, and uh, it had to be luck. I mean, Scott, me and Scott was really uh, the number one cars, you know, running that day, and we were right there at the end. I put a harder tire on than Scott, and so Scott blowed his tire out, and I I run him at death. And that's the way it happened. Yeah, and you got the win that day. And that was that really a life changing, uh, you know, event there for you that day to win that race. I, I know it was, but just it had to be it's pretty just cool. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. And I think that's what you yeah. said that night there in, in your victory lane interview that it was unbelievable. Now I guarantee you. And, and then of course you uh, you did win that. You did go back and win the dream again in two thousand, and you showed them it wasn't a fluke. You uh, you showed them yeah, that's night, right. So. Well, we it, wanted up there with a 362 motor. Really? Yeah, we we took the big motor out and put the little motor in it for the race. And that thing, we had to with turning that thing to death all day long. And it never slipped a wheel hardly. <laughs> You're dialed in that day, no doubt. It was. Well, Freddie, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the the Have a Tampa Championship in 1996. To me, that's the I think one of your biggest accomplishments for me. Looking at the outside, looking in, you uh, and you know, you talk about Scott Blumquist. You had to beat him that year in the points. So, 
what were some memories yeah. you had of that i know i got to see your race that year uh my dad took us to uh metrolina speedway on like a weeknight uh like a third wednesday or thursday night or something and that was really one of my first big races i remember getting to go to and you won that night and and of course i've been a fan ever since so uh, yeah so what were some of your memories of that 1996 season on the have a tampa circuit well you know have a tampa circuit though we uh, really enjoyed running that thing because we was all tied up together. There's like 12 or 14 of us. It goes. And uh, I just enjoyed running with them guys. Yeah, that's that's right. And, you, uh, of course, you got the championship that year in 96, and uh, it was a pretty big deal. But, uh, you know, then so that was the Kristen Berry trucking ride, correct? And you had, uh-huh. that, you had that ride for quite a few years. What uh, – what kind of uh, what did they what did they really mean to your career there at that time? Well, it uh, it meant uh, <laughs> more than people realized. Yeah, that uh, he was real nice to us, and and you know we just like we just bonded together when we got together on the race, and because he'd been racing a little bit, you know, but when we got in up there, I'm telling you what, he, it lit his eyes up. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. Well, you uh, and you, you know, you and Joe Garrison, GRT, you ran a lot of GRT cars back in those days. What is, uh, I guess, what's some of your memories of uh, of Joe Garrison? Joe Garrison, man, I, I tell you what, he's a, he was nice to us. He really was. I mean, it, he was nice to a lot of guys. Uh, Joe was, uh, was a, really a special guy. Yeah, we hated to lose him a couple of years ago. And then, of course, you ran all different chassis. You know, you had a Warrior there for a while and Rayburn. And, uh, you, you know, you had the Dodge package there for a while later on in your uh, in your, in your your driving career. And it just seemed like you had it, had it all worked out there going on, huh? I thought the Dodge package was the best thing I ever had. <laughs> really? I'm telling you. Yep. They were good. Yeah. I, I liked running them too. Yeah, Jeff ran them too. What was uh, what was the reason for that? What made them so great? Uh, they didn't blow up. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, them things was uh, bare now. It, it just wouldn't break. So, so Garrity built those engines, but they uh, so they were just Dodges, and nobody else really runs them anymore. So it was kind of a kind of a rare breed well, that y'all that y'all did so good with them. Well, we was uh, we got with the Dodge people. And Joe got with them, and was hoping to, you know, change a lot of people over to the Dodge. But you know, so many people had the Chevrolets and had the money tied up in them, and they couldn't, you know, buy the Dodges. It, it was hard for a person to switch over. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Was, you know, you got spare parts. Well, Freddie, we're gonna take just a quick break one more time, and we'll come back and uh, chat with you just a little bit more. And we'll uh, we'll let you go, man. It's been a good conversation. We've appreciated having you on for sure. Okay. Thank you. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. This is Kyle Armstrong, and we've got we've got Jeff Smith here in studio with us, and Freddie Smith on the Andy's Towing Hotline, and uh, Freddie. I wanted to ask you about Bristol in 2000. You went up there and they put the dirt on it, and uh, you you came close to winning that thing, didn't you? <laughs> well, I come as close as the man they ever done. Yeah, uh, I led it all the 99 and three quarter lap. Yeah, and I had no idea that that I would have never backed off that much, and but the eyes didn't tell me that I had a good lead or a bad lead. And uh, I just took it easy through three and four, everything. And Scott, he went 
on the high side and he beat me about a half a fender <laughs> yeah that still has to be a heartbreaker i guess for sure man he uh that that was really a heartbreaker and you know jeff's laughing over here yeah, i guess uh, i guess i shouldn't have brought well, it up one of my buddies from high school, Shane Absher, he had saw the video when somebody reposted it a couple of years ago, and he hadn't seen it before. Yeah. And he was a big fan of Dad's. And he, he said, I was watching that race. He said, and he got passed on the last lap. He said, I about threw my phone through the TV. <laughs> he, said, he said, that happened in 2000. That was 21 years ago. Yeah. He still but I can it. honestly say I led both of them anyhow. Yeah, you did. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Well, Freddie, I want to I want to ask you this. We had uh, we had Jack Hewitt on here a while back, and I and I asked Jack about you. You and him had some run-ins or whatever, and he had some choice words for you. He said something like, and I can't remember exactly what, but he said he could have got a hold of you. You wouldn't have had a neck or something like that. What did you think of? Well, you think he didn't want to hold of me. Jack, he's a, a wild head, anyhow. You know. Yeah, what's your response he, to that? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a long time ago. Uh, I was on the outside, and he, and he, we went down in the corner, and he just, he never backed out of throttle. It just, it's kind of stupid. I turned over, but uh, I, I never liked him to start with. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's still a, there was a rivalry there for sure. I, I know yeah. the reason I brought it up is Jack's got a book out and all this, and, he, and there's a paragraph or two in there about that going down, and and uh, that's that's the reason I brought it up to him that day when we talked, and he he was it made it was still mad about it all these years later. <laughs> he ought to get mad at himself. He's the one done it. <laughs> I wish we could find the video of that. There just wasn't no, uh, you know, it's hard to go back and find some stuff like that. It's all hearsay and. That's one of the reasons we want to get y'all on these shows and talk to you about it because because uh, <coughs> if we don't do this, we'll never know, right? That's right. Well, Freddie, you uh, you know you got inducted into the inaugural class of the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame there at Union, Kentucky, and uh, so you're a senior member of that deal up there, and uh, that had to be a pretty special deal for for your family and all that to get to experience that. It really was. Uh, I was like tickled to death to be. Uh, inducted in that thing, you know, that quick. Yeah, you were, you were the first double inductee too. Yeah, yeah. That's... What does that mean? Um, he got. What was the other one that they brought you in there for? Some kind of a, oh, a, a contribution, a sportsman, sportsman or contribution yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. About oh eight or oh seven or somewhere, somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah you, you know, and you raced for a little over forty years here, and I'm sitting here looking at Jeff, and we talked about it. He's raced for thirty seven now, so he's. And he he's still got another thirty or so in him, I believe. So. <laughs> uh, you better have more than that in him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, y'all uh, y'all each of y'all had great careers and all that, and uh, and definitely appreciate you doing this show with us tonight. But uh, but I want to ask you, you uh, so I heard that uh, so Bre you know you won the dream there twice, and uh, Brandon Overton won it a couple of weeks ago, and and I heard that uh, I heard that you called and congratulated Brandon. What did you say to him? Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't call him. Jeff called him. And I, yeah, I relayed the message. Yeah, and uh, no, but I, I'll tell you what, the kid is good. He is really smooth. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. When we first, uh, when he first came to town, we, uh, you know, you got to race with him there, of course, too, back in the back in the early two thousands, you know. And I, I can remember my first memory of seeing him go over the wall down at the Blue Gray One Hundred in 06 and. 
Uh, and y'all were y'all were both there racing that night and boy he was a wild man there to begin with but he sure has made a name for himself and i know you still keep well, up with the sport he wasn't no different than uh, the rest of the young guys that's right i, I mean uh, yeah just like davenport and and he was he was the same way but he was wide open trying to do all he could do and he crashed out a lot and uh Overton was the same way when, but uh that kid has slowed up and got himself tuned up on the on the cars and stuff. And he's a he's a very good racer. Exactly. Well, so in the last couple of years, Freddie, you've helped uh, drivers like Clay Knight and, and others, of course. But what are you uh, what are you up to to stay busy these days? As far as uh, you, do you still keep up watching these races, or uh, you know what are you what are you up to these days? I watch them every morning I can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good if he has an issue getting logged in to watch race videos. He's calling me. What's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. <laughs> my dad. Yeah, I'm always calling him. Hey, what's wrong with this thing? My dad's the same way. I, I'm I'm like technical support, but it, it is pretty neat to be able to watch all of these races live. These it days, is. You know, and, it really is. Yeah, and staying in touch with the with the sport and all that, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no doubt. What else you got, Jeff? Hmm. Y'all y'all got any good stories you two can? Uh, can close us out on here <laughs> we're in uh, five of the hall of fames what's that we're in five hall of fames five of them yeah what's the what's the other ones well smoky mountain uh bulls gap uh king king mountain cherokee uh, uh florence yeah, and I, I and I tell you another thing. You just made me remember. I remember when you uh, put your feet in the concrete and hands in the concrete there at Charlotte Motor yeah, Speedway. Charlotte, the dirt yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. So you, you're in that walk of fame, which unfortunately they they never really took care of those, and they've kind of kind of diminished a little bit. But but that was a that had to be a proud day for you, and of course you raced that night too. So, so yeah, yeah, it was kind of shocking that they did that. I guess looking back, I probably. I probably miss getting to race with with him a lot. Yeah, he didn't like racing with me. I liked racing with him. No, your mama didn't like me racing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was leading to that. He <laughs> he was in the doghouse for a little while one time. Really? We, yeah, we were. I believe it was at Brunswick, and we started race, and I started a row or so ahead of him. I think it's right in front of him. And they went down the first corner, and there was everybody got jumbled up, and he ran into the back. There wasn't nothing they could do. Didn't tear nothing up, but mama she <laughs> saw it or somebody told her about it and dad was in the doghouse there for a few days she wouldn't even talk to him because he <laughs> ran into me <laughs> yeah he didn't like yeah, wrestling when... me because he was scared he'd get in trouble with mama if yeah. he touched me and brunswick was a big track back in those days too wasn't it yeah that's back when it was fast yeah yeah too fast wasn't it i tell you what that not really <laughs> it was you needed to be watching your p's and q's when you got into turn three down there yeah yeah yeah, no doubt about that. Well, Freddie, I don't know if I got anything else here for you other than uh, this week uh, coming up. It's the Grassy Smith Memorial there at Cherokee Speedway, and uh, Jeff's racing. Do you plan on making an appearance at that and coming down and uh, being a part of that event? Or, uh, well, I would love to, but I can't. His mama's up here in the rehab, and so uh, he can tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard a little bit about it, but I, I was just hoping maybe we'd get to see you there next week and. Uh, of course, we wish uh, you and Naomi the best right now, and uh, 
you know, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your out of your evening here to talk to us. And uh, well, if I get to talk to somebody about racing, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish I could have been there to witness some more of those races you were a part of back in those days. Because I got a I got this NDRA <clears throat> history book here on it, and you're on about every page of it doing something. So uh, that's so. one thing I wish Zach would have been able to watch him race too. Yeah, yeah. Zach didn't get to. I mean, he was in victory lane with him the last dirt track world championship he won but i just, mean that was just a baby at that time yeah i mean he was what three years old two years old something like that so i, I wish he could have seen how good dad really was yeah because well, we don't like you said a while ago we don't have videos to see a lot of that stuff i mean i remember growing up seeing him do stuff with a race car that was you know seemed like it was impossible you'd think that a car couldn't fit through a hole he could go through you'd think it had to be like joey chitwood on two wheels and it, it was really fun watching him growing up. I was on two wheels a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, so, yeah, man, y'all, uh, you know, you went from the wedge cars all all hooked up to the track to running up on three wheels a whole lot. I'll have to get you back on here sometime to compare That's all That's the funniest that. thing you're talking about. <laughs> went from the wedge car to them little cars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we brought, we went from the, took the big car and made a little car out of it. And went to Atomic Speedway up here at Knoxville. And I'm telling you what, that thing is spin out down the straightaway. And when we just said, well, we got to go to work on some handling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that And then that was, uh, and then in the late 90s, everybody was up on three wheels, up on the bars and all that. And then now they've got them. Oh, out. yeah. Now they've got yeah. the left rear way up in the air and the nose down. And it's. Like I talked to Dale McDowell here on this show the other week, and he told me they don't even put their cars on the scales anymore. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. No, uh-uh. No, it was all about the load machines. Yeah. So that's – so, man, there's uh, there's been a lot changed over the years, Freddie, and you've been a part of all of it. And uh, you're... There's not many that came from, Yeah. you know, a car that you got out of the junkyard and built a race car all the way through the, the evolution of the late models. Yeah. You know, from there, building up to the wedge and then back to the little car and then back to the three-wheeling and then back to – you know, kind of toward more of a normal deal we've got now. But he was able to be successful through all those stages. A lot of them, there was a lot of really good drivers back in the 80s in the wedge cars that couldn't make that transition to the small bodies and still be successful. But he was good enough that he was able to be successful in every stage of the evolution of the late model. If I wanted to still race, I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, this has been a this has been a fun uh, forty five minutes or so. Uh, I think I, I think a lot of your fans are going to enjoy listening to this, hearing what you're up to, and uh, hopefully everything's going well with you and Naomi there in uh, in in Tennessee. And uh, we hope to get to see you in person here pretty soon. And uh, you know, like I say, man, can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, we'll we'll try, hey, uh, we'll try to I do appreciate y'all. Absolutely, appreciate absolutely. This has been another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast, a special two part with Jeff and Freddie Smith. Happy 4th of July to everyone yesterday. We'll see you next <laughs> week on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.